If it's a bubblegum machine come to life you want, then it's a bubblegum machine come to life that you'll get. Stay tuned, listeners. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in beautiful, downtown, splendid West Virginia, home to some of the most extraordinary children in all the land. Kid superheroes, time-traveling teens. We even have our own Kid Space Force. Kid explorers. Kids quantum leaping from one video game to the next. Well, not anymore. Those whiz kids have been rescued now. You know, some people think that the bizarre, top-secret, only-for-me experiments of my lab have something to do with the strange happenings of this town. And I can assure you... Oh, who am I kidding? Of course it's me. It's all me. I shouldn't have said that. Let's cut that part out. Okay, Dad. October is here. The leaves change color, and our school transforms from green to many lovely shades of red and orange and yellow. I love this time of year. Short sleeve polos are put away, replaced by light jackets. Water cooler talk turns to upcoming theater department offerings and the status of the splendid university football team. Nearby campus, adults sip on pumpkin spice coffee at the splendid coffee house, while kids dream of trick-or-treat candy delights sold next door at the candy caravan. Right across the street from my wife's pretties emporium, offering jewelry and more. I think the Candy Caravan does more business this time of year than any other. And maybe that's what made it the perfect target for the trick. That's what people call him, or her. No one really knows their name or identity. No one knows much about the trick at all. But there was a time in the not-too-distant past that the trick had all splendid billions in their grasp. And it all started at the Splendid Candy Caravan. The Great Splendid Candy Shop Calamity. On Halloween, children panhandle for candy, with a trick-or-treat at this door and that, celebrating our most haunted and theatrical holiday with as much sugary treats as one can fit in a bag or a pumpkin tin. That is the expectation, of course. Candy. No one ever takes you up on the trick part of that, do they? No, you say trick or treat, and then your entreaty is met with candy. That's the standard Halloween contract. The trick doesn't abide by our Halloween traditions, though. He or she is only interested in pranks, sometimes quite dangerous ones at that. The trick doesn't even like candy. I know, can you believe it? It was the first of October. Autumn was here, 
and the candy caravan was decorated in black and orange, and spiders and ghosts. The bubblegum machines by the store's front entrance began to shake suddenly. Candy caravan owner Candy Colbertson noticed. She checked on the machines to ensure their steadiness, and they seemed quite fine. After the inspection, Candy shuffled her rather frail 82-year-old frame back down the aisle, where she plopped down exhaustively in a chair in front of the cash register, awaiting the after-school rush of children. The bubblegum machines began to shake again, more visibly, violently this time. Candy began to rise, but was stopped cold when she realized the Toblerone candy bars to her left had, well, sprouted chocolate legs and risen, stood up. Candy rubbed her eyes and readjusted her sight on the Pez dispensers to her right, only to find a Pez witch winking at her, while a nearby Pez ghost giggled. Everywhere, all around, the candy seemed to be coming to life. It's not possible, Candy muttered to herself. I haven't been getting enough sleep, is all. Suddenly a bright blue ball launched at her from across the room, hitting her square in the forehead. Ouch! It was a gumball. It had fallen into Candy's hand after pelting her smack in the head, and she observed it closely, angrily. Her eyes turned to the gumball machine. It's not possible. This time she saw it. The gumball machine spit another at her. A pink gumball. This time, she ducked just in time. As she rose, she screamed, Gumball machine, you better cut that out. The nearby Toblerones laughed. They had heads and mouths now. Creepy. They laughed. And then the nearby Pez joined in the snickering. A jar of red licorice had toppled over, its contents now slithering like snakes across the counter. The gumball machine did not cut it out, as Miss Colbertson implored. Instead, it spit out another gumball, then three more, then a dozen. Candy Colbertson, owner of the splendid candy shop, had to run for cover and hide in the back of her own store. The gumball machine creaked and popped. Metal grinded against metal. It sprouted arms and legs. Its round bubblegum machine top, now its head. It leapt onto the store counter and spoke to the rest of the store's candy. Follow me, candy bars and licorice and Pez dispensers. Unite maple nut goodies and lollipops and bubblegum. For this year, we are no longer the treats. We are the trick. Now, it is quite a sight to see a living, walking, talking bubblegum machine marching down the sidewalk. An army of candy-coated and sugary goodies come to life at its side, following behind. And as they all proceeded through the downtown streets, that army grew larger. Any store that sold candy soon found their shelves emptied and their jaws on the ground as they observed cookies, lifesavers, taffy, and more walk right out the door to join the delicious mob outside. The Trick's candy rebellion continued beyond the city limits, to the outskirts of town, to the Mega Mega Mart. And there, the Trick's colleagues nearly quadrupled. 
if anyone got in the way to try to stop them or to snap pictures, they'd get a gumball in the face or chocolate on their shoes. The Tricks Candy Army didn't stop there. Thousands, likely tens of thousands of pixie sticks and peppermint candies and all the rest marched right into the forest and mountains that surround Splendid and disappeared. No one knows where they are now. Though we have many reports of towns like ours, their candy supplies depleted. Nearby Bottomsville, and Beautiesville, and Barbersville, and more, all have candy stores and trick-or-treat aisles full of empty shelves. Hopefully your town has been spared. The Trick Somewhere the Trick marches on, collecting more followers. But what else does the Trick have up their sleeve? Only time will tell. Candy Culbertson retired soon after, which opened up more time for her to kayak and crochet. But many splendid residents missed the tasty treats that filled her shop. It's been a while now, and candy has been ordered and stocked on the shelves of the Mega Mega Mart and a couple of other downtown businesses. But this time of year still sends a chill down my spine, as I often find myself looking carefully over my shoulder, trying to find, avoid, the trick. May the weeks ahead be full of treats, young ones, and few, if any, tricks. There's only one person I fear more than the trick. You know him as Mr. X, but do you know him at all? I know a bit about Mr. X, his background, how he came to be. What I know is merely a piece of a much larger puzzle, but it may at last help you to understand who he is, why he does, what he does. Prepare for... How X became X. They say no one sees themselves as the villain in their own story. I'm sure X thinks he's doing the right thing. His first name is Theory, which is an uncommon name, but a name nonetheless. It means ruler. For real, look it up. Xander, which starts with an X, is his last name, X-A-N-D-E-R. From a young age, X hated technology. He didn't know how his parents could plop down and stare at the TV for hours on end. He didn't like how his siblings favored video games over playing outside with him. X was more into sports, which is probably why he ended up becoming a P.E. teacher, the gym teacher, at Splendid Elementary. He never gave up, though, on his goal of total destruction of all technology. That obsession took him over. It consumed him. X has put hundreds, thousands of hours into formulating his plan. He has actually studied computer technology to an exhausting point, 
to the point where he understands it better than most people on the planet. He may seem to be enjoying those basketball games and war ball activities and parachute fun by day, and he is. But any time he sees one of his colleagues, or worse, one of his students, whip out their smartphone, X cringes. Each time he hears a student talk of a new high score on a video game, the rage inside him seethes, and he becomes all the more determined to succeed in his goal of destroying all technology. Judge him I won't, for I haven't had to walk in his shoes, but stop him I must. He wants to put an end to podcasts, too. That's all for this week, listeners. We'll be back next week with Dreamscape. You won't want to miss it. Until then, be good to each other. Have a wild and wonderful week. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might turn you into a pumpkin or candy corn. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Have a splendid Halloween.